Questions about the Capitals' blue line, and will Connor McMichael make the team? Next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. The Capital season has started, and I would love to talk Caps hockey with you one-on-one. And we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we will talk about Connor McMichael. Will this ultimately be the year for Connor McMichael? It is my belief that he will if he can play good enough. No, I don't think that these positions should just get handed out because, you know, Spencer Carberry is more prone to liking to work with players he's familiar with and younger players. He's going to have to earn it. Connor McMichael has said as much as he wants to not only make the team, but stay on the team. Can he do that? We'll talk about that a little bit later. We will talk about the Caps blue line with Trevor Van Riemsdyk leaving the game with an injury. Who slots in in his absence? And some members of the media have already panned the Capitals saying that they didn't do enough in the offseason and they're ultimately going nowhere. And that is where we will start today. And it is an interesting thing this Capitals team, you know, that everyone has such high expectations and that they missed the playoffs for the first time since 2014. And already we're discounting them as just this old geriatric team that didn't do enough in the offseason to rectify what was wrong with the situation. They hired Spencer Carberry. They they signed Max Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson, but it wasn't enough. If they were all in, they would have done much more. But is that ultimately the case? I guess remains to be seen. And, you know, if you're an everydayer and you've listened to this show or you're just a fan of the Capitals in general, you do know that it has been said that there are certain promises that were made to Ovi that he would play on a competitive team. Now, not making any big moves is open to interpretation if that means that Ovi is playing on a competitive team. I ultimately do think he is playing on a competitive team. And despite all the talking heads in the media and the NHL, the experts, let's just have a come to Jesus here. These experts or more often than they are right. Should we really be calling them experts at the end of the day? Hmm, something to ponder for another podcast. But uh, if you take a look at it, there is a certain exuberance. There is a positivity that's overflowing this team that I have not seen in quite some time. Generally speaking, when you go into training camps, you're like, yeah, I did the skating drill and it sucked and I did this. It was really good to see my teammates, but you know, it's tough. 
that was not the case this year. Everyone was super hyped and ready to go. Connor McMichael, Tom Wilson, Alex Ovechkin, everyone is engaged in pulling on that collective rope, just excited for what is next. Um, and I know some people are going to say, well, Dan, they lost their first game. Listen, the first game of the preseason is about assessing talent. You cannot say that the team is not doing well because they lost the first game of the preseason. You'd be surprised. I've already heard that. See, this Caps team's not doing good. They lost their first game. It's all nonsense at the end of the day. So, the question is, and I want to answer this question. There was a piece that I read in The Athletic saying, did the Capitals do enough in the offseason? And it was this writer's belief that the Capitals should just accept their faith that they're going nowhere this year and just help Ovi in his push for catching Gretzky. I'm just going to say this was not an article written by Tarek Elbashir. I am not sure what's going on over at The Athletic. They don't have guys and, and gals that are covering the team, even writing the articles anymore. Don't you think this would be best served to have Tarek Elbashir write a story about the Capitals since he covers the team for The Athletic? Uh, it's a story for another day. But this piece was in The Athletic, and it was written by uh, Shana Goldman. And I'm sure she is you know, knowledgeable about the NHL and the Capitals, perhaps. But it seems to me that you would be best served to have someone that covers the team to write these articles. But in this piece here, they says it was clear the 2022-23 Capitals needed a refresh after a disappointing injury-riddled season. The team started selling before it even was fully out of the playoffs, moving out pending free agents in exchange for draft capital and 23-year-old Rasmus Sandin. Okay, I see no problem with that. I thought that was the right idea to do. We knew the Capitals were not going to make it to the playoffs. They knew that Hathaway and Orloff were not coming back. Guess what they got in return? Who is going to be at some point the number one defenseman in the Capitals organization? Right now, who is that? John Carlson, of course. So, uh, again, just off to a bad start here. A coaching change followed in the offseason with Washington bringing in one of the top and upcoming options in Spencer Car Carberry, but the Caps didn't get aggressive after that. Despite having draft capital at the disposal, GM Brian McClellan's big moves instead consisted of signing Max Pacioretty, extending Tom Wilson a year early, and trading Joel Edmondson. There's all kinds of negativity and little jabs through this article here like it wasn't enough. Just to set the writer of this article straight, a couple things here. Why did they sign Max Pacioretty? Because they were tight against the salary cap. If this was a person that covered the team on a regular basis, they would know that. Max Pacioretty, six times in his career, has scored 30 goals. I understand he's had two years worth of Achilles issues, but getting him at $2 million plus $2 million in incentives was bargain shopping. If they can even get a fraction of that, that would be great. Tom Wilson, a year early. Again, I, I don't think, think there's a Caps fan out there that had an issue with that. We wanted to get that deal done earlier if it was possible, contractually not. But uh, I don't think that anyone is going to think anything negatively about extending Tom Wilson. He is going to be the future captain of this team. I think anyone would sign off on that. And also Joel Edmondson, a rugged defenseman who does have back injuries, I do understand, but is performing well at camp. Tom Wilson said that for a big guy, he moves pretty well. He can close space in a hurry. Check some boxes off there. Were these the sexy moves that we were hoping for? Is this Debrinket? Is this Shifley? Is this, you know, some other big name player out there? No, it wasn't. But these were the right moves to make for the Caps. 
Um, am I going to go ahead and etch my name and the Capitals name rather in the side of the Stanley Cup right now? Of course not. But I do think they're trending in the right direction. Do I think right now, as I record this in September, that they're going to make it to the playoffs? I do. The Caps, as it stands, project to be an 81-point season that would land them them 25th in the league, and their hopes of playoffs stand at a lowly 6%. Again, this is what I was talking about. People already panning the Capitals as being this team that is not going to contend. I do think they are going to make the playoffs. The caveat, of course is health, just like any other team. Can this team stay healthy? If they can stay healthy, then I think they stand a pretty good chance. Adding Sandine helped post-deadline as he was a positive force for the team's offense on the score sheet and below the surface, even with some defensive flaws and patch ready, could be the secondary scoring this team needs and is missing that second line. Granted, he has a smooth return from injury. His presence should knock Anthony Mantha into more fitting depth role. And Anthony Mantha is a question mark on this team. I get that, but I think that he has put the work in and he's putting his best face forward. Lost 10 pounds, hired the mental coach, and is competing as hard as he possibly can. At the end of the day, he's doing what he can do. And if it's enough, then he'll land a spot on this team in a pivotal role. If not, the future awaits. But as a whole, the changes since the last trade deadline don't thread the needle enough. The caps aren't on the level of last year's playoff teams for the Metro and may not measure up to those trying to make the return to the postseason either. Again, I disagree. I think that this is going to be the year for Evgeny Kuznetsov. I do think you're going to see a resurgence in Nick Backstrom. I do think that this is going to be a big year for Ivan Mirishnishenko. I think it's going to be a big one for Connor McMichael. Again, as an outsider, someone that doesn't cover this team on a daily basis... They don't know about the tertiary moves. They don't know about some of the outliers. They don't know about uh, Connor McMichael and Ivan Mirishnishenko. Uh, so I think that they're doing a disservice in discounting this team already. Ovi is still Ovi, and that's a starting point. John Carlson doesn't match up well to a true number one as he has in the years past. Is John Carlson a year older? Of course we all are, but I still do think he stands up with some of the best in the NHL. And guess what? Number 74 is going to prove you wrong this year. Health, of course, is the is the big issue there. So it's possible management is banking on, banking on Nick Backstrom bounce back. Now that he's had a full offseason of training from hip recovery, hip issues can take a lot of time to rebound. So this year is going to be questionable for him. But at 35 years old, expectations have to be realistic. Go ahead and tell that to Nick Backstrom and he's going to prove you wrong. That's what he's going to do this year. I think that he is in good shape. Everything that we've heard out there is that he is in good shape. It's too early to discount this team. And I understand that, you know, these people that write these stories, they have to come up with fodder for things to talk about. Not the right thing, especially someone that doesn't cover the team on the regular. While Dylan Strom shown he can play in the Caps' top six, he doesn't hit the caliber needed for such a meaningful role. He's fine as their sixth forward, but they'll need some more Strom if their veteran centers outperform expectations. Um, Again, this person is obviously not a fan of the Capitals. And, you know, it's it's not taking a bold stance. It's not a novel thing to say as a writer that you think the Capitals aren't going to do too good this year. A lot of people have taken that opinion and uh, because they're like sheep, you know, oh, that person thinks that. Well, that's what that's what I'm going to think, too. Again, there is the possibility that there could be a lot of injuries that await this team and the Caps don't make it to the playoffs. But for what I know, as a person that talks and reads 
about this team every day of the week, even on the weekends. If I'm not doing a show, you better believe I'm reading a lot of stories, keeping up to date with everything that's going on. I do believe this team is going to be a contender in the Metro. Um, is there going to be high points of this season? Of course. Is there going to be low points? Of course. You know, it was when that uh, 24-7 Capitals Penguins, they say never judge a team at its highest point and never judge them at their lowest. Because, you know, there's a lot in between the highest and lowest. And I'm paraphrasing there a little bit. But if you've watched 24-7 Caps Pens, you know what I'm talking about. And that was something that a quote from that documentary that always has really stood out to me. Um, And I think it's true about this Caps team. I do think that they're going in the right direction. There's going to be bumps in the road, but I do think uh, they will be contenders in this year's Metro Division. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about the Caps Blue Line questions after Trevor Van Riemsdyk left the game. What does this mean? It's too early in the season for this, you guys. We'll talk about it coming up. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And guys, even if you're not that into bet much into betting, you could bet on an upcoming Commanders game. It makes watching the games that much more exciting. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy and super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked off and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. The hockey season is here and I've got you covered, not to mention a bunch of great guests as the season gets going. So make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about questions on the blue line. Ultimately, what is going to happen with Trevor Van Riemsdyk as I record this at 1046 Central um, in the evening here on Monday? I have not heard what the status is on him. I think we'll probably find out at practice tomorrow and then take it from there. But uh, there are a lot of questions. And, you know, these are questions that I asked myself is that, you know, the blue line is stacked. Who is, how are they going to fit? You know, Brian McClellan made all these promises that, you know, this guy and that guy, they're all going to fit on the team. Um, and I had questions, where's Iario? Where's Alexia? Where, you know, are all these players going to fit? You know, I ultimately thought this was going to be the year for Alex Alexia as a seventh defenseman, perhaps. And I think that ultimately that is the only spot available if, unless TVR is injured and then someone could slot in. One of the things that I know for sure is that Vinny Iorio stepped up and did a big role uh, in his absence, in TVR's absence. So I do think they have it. And the question now is who is going to be the seventh defenseman? Um, Not too much of an enviable job. You're getting an NHL paycheck, which bonus, of course, Um, but the problem with it is, is that they don't, you know, I I guess it depends on how Spencer Carberry does this, if he's going to cycle through these guys, but oftentimes I'm just going to, you know, look back at last year, for example, 
and take a look at Peter Laviolette, oftentimes that seventh defenseman didn't get a lot of activity. A lot of times that was Matt Irwin, and Matt Irwin was an interesting guy. Again, you could put him in the deep freeze, pull him out a couple months later, and it was like he never left. But there's not a lot of players like that, and he was a veteran. Uh, I don't think that there's anything that's going to quite stymie or stunt a player's growth, especially a young player's growth, than to have them sitting in the press box. So I think it would be advantageous for the Capitals, for their seventh defenseman, to cycle them in, to get some activity. And if there is not an opportunity that presents itself, cycle them through in Hershey. Um, I, especially a young guy, Alexiev, you know, he put in a lot of work this summer with a strength and conditioning coach to make sure he was ready to go. I was really excited to see him. And then, of course, the capital signed Joel Edmondson. Before Joel Edmondson got signed, I kind of had uh, Alex Alexiev penciled in to be on the Caps blue line this next year. A lot has changed, and we don't necessarily know about Joel Edmondson. Again, he had that back injury. Is he going to be good to go? There are a lot of questions that remain. Um, but, you know, it's one of the things that I know for sure is to have great depth. And for the most part, the Caps have some pretty good depth. You know, you can also, there's another guy that's always, you every year we hear it's going to be his year, it's going to be his year, it's going to be, okay, the record skipping is Lucas Johansson. When is it going to be his year? I think that he is going to be on the outside looking in. I don't really see him having a spot unless he really kills it in camp or in the beginning of the season in Hershey. I think that ultimately the seventh job is going to go to Vinny Iorio or Alex Alexiev and uh, and let the best man win. Because, I mean, let's face it, the other, it's pretty veteran-laden after that for the most part. Unless someone gets injured, I don't see any of these young guys stealing away, but there are questions and the question, the biggest question and the subject of this second segment is who is the seventh defenseman going to be? I guess it remains to be seen on TVR status. Again, it is not optimal. And, and Spencer Carberry said as much yesterday that he is concerned, of course, because he was a starting player and plays a big role in that game. He played a lot of minutes. And he ate up a lot of minutes. And, you know, he's kind of like John Carlson in that regard. Uh, and, you know, good thing we had the depth last year in Gustafson to eat up those minutes. So a lot of questions. Some of those will be answered tomorrow. But, um, you know, is one of the things that was done in the offseason is, is to try to, to, to address the Caps blue line. That was one of the things that Brian McClellan said that he was going to do, and he did it by signing Joel Edmondson. Um, was it the sexiest move out there? No, there were probably some other bigger names uh, that you could have signed, but Edmondson was an alternate captain with Montreal last year. And what, what is one of the things that I love about the deal is for one, or I'm going to say two things, is that he seems like a pretty good defenseman. And number two, the Habs retained 50% of his salary. So good things to like on there. But again, you take a look at the blue line, who's going to fit in. You've got Faravari, Rasmus Sandin, um, you know, Carlson, Faravari. There's just not a lot of spots to fit unless there's injury. I think the best, uh, you know, option for these younger guys is to hope for that seventh spot because someone's going to have to be the seventh defenseman. Um, and hopefully they get some playing time. Um, but you know, the thing of it is, is that, you know, usually there's, you know, two, three, some two, three games a week, uh, that there's not, it's not like baseball where, you know, there's a series of games and, you know, we'll just plug them in here. It's not like they're going to just put in, you know, a, a seventh defenseman and insert him into the lineup and scratch one of the other guys just because it's his time. Most of the time, the guys that are in there, you know, whether it's the forwards or the defense, it's because it is the cream of the crop and they need those guys in there because they play the best hockey 
Uh, you're not going to put a guy in there that's second best just because it's his turn to play. This isn't beer league hockey at the end of the day. So uh, some questions abound for the Capitals. Um, I would say the same. There's questions on the forwards as well. You know, you take a look at Mantha and Kuzi and Backstrom and how is that all going to fit together? The camp is going to sort a lot of this out. And, you know, just because, you know, what this team, who breaks camp with this team doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be on here all year. I mean, take a look at McMichael and LaPierre. Um, sometimes they just don't live up to potential and they get reassigned back down to Hershey. There, it's just going to be an assessment point for this uh, team at this point. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. They get, they're playing uh, the Red Wings coming up here on Thursday. And the more preseason games, based on those results, uh, you're going to start to see who's going to make the team, who's going to get cut. And, you know, the, the more definitive lineup is going to be more apparent. All right. So coming up here after the break, we will talk about Connor McMichael. And ultimately, will this be the year that he makes the team? I do believe it. And not just making the team, but an everyday spot on the big team, the Capitals. Can he do it? We'll talk about it straight ahead. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So in this next segment here, we are going to talk about Connor McMichael and, you know, just let's just talk about him for a little bit here is that he was on the big team last year. We all know that. And then, you know, Peter Laviolette, it's, it's been more and more people are saying there was some reluctance to play some of the younger players. Um, but in, you know, when they were talking to Connor McMichael in an interview, he said it was tough when I first got sent back down to Hershey, but you know, he goes, it was a great group of guys. And I just put my, my effort in to help the team out the best that I could And his effort paid off as the Hershey bears won a Calder cup, the first one in quite some time. And all of a sudden Connor McMichael's resume looks a whole lot better. And, uh, he did perform big on the big stage. Um, and I ultimately think that this is his time. And again, I don't want to say that I want him on the team because it's his time and he put his work in, you know, it's like a union job. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he put his work in and he performed at a high level. And let's give him a long look. Everything that I've heard thus far is that he is going to start at the wing position. Listen, I'm not a, I'm not in love with that. I ultimately think that they would be best served to assess his talent playing at the center position. And I know what everyone's going to say, well, who's coming out? Give them an, a, a long look because there are questions at the center position. Kuzi, Backstrom, um, Strom, Dowd, you know, are they, how are those, how are they going to perform? And, you know, the interesting thing is that I think that ultimately they want to, to put him into the center position at some point, because I think that there are players in front of him, but those players that are playing the central position are not etched in stone. What kind of season is Kuzi going to have? I believe that Kuzi is going to have a great season. I don't know that for sure unless I see it. Nick Backstrom, still a lot of question marks there. Is What kind of season? Uh, everything that I've heard and seen and watched is that he's in top form. Is it sustainable, however? Again, he is a bit older. Um, this is kind of where the negativity from the, the writer in the first article came from. And I get where they were coming from, but uh, I'm just judging the team based on what I saw on, on the ice, based on interviews, the positivity. But as far as Connor McMichael, he's going to have to put the work in. And a lot like Alexi Protus last year, he is going to have to play so well that they're not going to be able to sit him down. One of the guys that is the starters is not going to be starting 
It's just the way it's going to be. Um, it's a little bit of a tricky position as those guys that are starters make a substantial amount of money and they're going to make a substantial amount of money to sit on the bench. So it is going to be difficult and there's not an easy decision to make. Ultimately, I do believe that is why he's going to start at a wing position because there is more flexibility at those positions. Again, it's still not going to be easy for him to get a position on the wing and they're not just going to give it to him. Um, but I think he's put in the work. And again, this guy's mature way beyond his years. If I think about how I was at his age, if I would have got sent down to the AHL after playing in the NHL, I would have probably been a little upset. I'd have probably had a little bit of attitude. Do you know who I am? Do you know I wore a capital sweater? And look at all the AHLers. Look at you guys wearing your brown jerseys. I wore red. And it probably doesn't really go like that. But, you know, you can see how you can get a bit full of yourself, you know, you know, riding around in chartered planes and eating with Alex Ovechkin and just living the limelight is that, you know, you can see where a guy could have a hard time getting sent back down to Hershey. He did not do that. Why? Because he's a very mature young man and he put in his work and guess what? His work paid off as the team he played for the Hershey bears again, won the Calder cup. And I don't mean to disparage the Hershey bears. I love the Hershey bears. I've begun to Hershey to watch a game for God's sake. Um, but um, it is just a difficult thing for these guys to find roles. I do think he has what it takes. And why do I say that? Based on how I saw him play last year, how I saw him overcome adversity, the adversity is getting sent down and playing really, really well down in Hershey after getting a taste of the limelight, the NHL, the Capitals, and not just that, but performing, you know, it, it, again, one of the things that Braden Holtby always said is if you take a look at the AHL and the NHL, he put his fingers together. The AHL is just down here. It's one click down. It's not like you're getting sent down to a beer league somewhere. It is still professional hockey and those players in the AHL are still really good. Um, so I do think that this is going to be his year. Uh, again, I, I, I've only seen one, one preseason game and I've only seen some of the skating going on at MedStar Ice Complex. Um, I, need, I need more tape, but I'm just going based on what I've observed. Again, uh, just taking a look at what he did last year, seeing how he's performed in camp, just listening to him. He seems like a guy that's got his head screwed on straight. I do think he's going to do great things. Let's all keep our fingers crossed for Connor. I'm really hoping for the best for him, that he is going to find that everyday spot on this Capitals team that he's worked so hard for. Let's hope it can happen. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. There is not a lot of Nationals, Nationals baseball left to play, but they still do have Locked On Nationals five days a week. Not to mention Commanders. The NFL season is in full swing and Wizards basketball is right around the corner. Um, also, if you are a fan of the NHL, other than the Capitals, there is Locked on NHL available wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked on Capitals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.